0: Okay, good morning. Um, Before we get started today, good to to be back with you. I was gone here this last week, took a little vacation time to go to South Dakota for one of my annual hunting trips with uh, another uh, Lutheran pastor, a friend of mine. And uh, one of the places we hunt is actually owned by a Missouri Synod rancher. He's got close to 30,000 acres of cattle um, and he does guided deer hunts and guided pheasant hunts, and um, and uh, he just tells us kind of where to go. We didn't have to guide for us. We've been going up there so long. So it was hot this last week. Uh, for those of you that uh, like to hunt or know anything about it, this time of year you look forward to 30, 40 degrees because walking, you know, six, seven, eight miles a day—that's no problem. 30, 40 degrees. But when it's in the 70s and the 80s uh it was it was really warm but had a good time um we pretty much just hunted uh uh, my brother and I roomed together in a motel and we didn't even let room service come in during the week uh just this, this whole COVID stuff is just so crazy and they had had some uh some some hot pockets around various parts uh so I hope you're still staying safe uh be mindful of that uh most people of course uh have recovered from from COVID. Those who have contracted it, but uh, still get a lot of people with compromised uh, uh, systems or pre-existing conditions. It's a real thing. It's not fake. Um, so just just be smart. Okay, uh, be smart with that. The Lord will lead and provide for us and get us through all this. So good to be back with you. Uh, it was a relaxing week, and and now uh, back at it. Okay, any other announcements that we need to make today? I can't think of anything else that's really coming up in the next. Uh, week or two. Um, Thanksgiving is closer than you probably want uh, or desire, so we'll have a Thanksgiving Day service as always, 10 o'clock in the morning, Thanksgiving Day Divine Service, and then our midweek Advent, uh, will start after that on Wednesdays, and uh, we have uh, uh, Pastor uh, Grady and I thought, you know, we've got some really excellent retired pastors Matter of fact, if there was a competition for retired pastors, I think we would do really, really well. Uh, And so we have asked our retired pastors to preach for these uh, Wednesday services. And so we've got uh, Pastor Feeney, we've got Pastor Allman, and Pastor Davis. Uh, So uh, either tune in or please come and attend those uh, Wednesday services. We have a council meeting tomorrow night. We're still trying to figure out whether we're going to do an Advent dinner um, you know that sort of thing, we want to be safe with all that. We get it that we need fellowship and desire that. Uh, so we'll be talking about that tomorrow night. Um, and man, I'm not even going to talk about everything else that went on this week. Is that okay? Can I just talk about hunting trip and leave it at that. So um, this study we are doing on Daniel is so wonderful, uh, especially now in the midst of the, the election, and, uh, and now it appears obviously a change in administration. Um, you know, uh, the Lord is yet supreme, and He still reigns over all. And uh, as we have, have heard God speak through the mouth of His prophet Daniel, uh, that uh, uh, those that He allows and places into office, He will continue to uh, guide and provide for His people. And that's what you need to trust as well, okay? Um, I haven't seen Jesus return just yet, okay? Now we're to be prepared at any time and all times, but uh, you need to know that uh, uh, nothing is above or beyond the reach of the Most High God, and your faith clings to that, okay? So stay strong in the faith, uh, speak up for those that can't speak for themselves, uh, certainly hold uh, officials to account and that sort of thing, but love them uh, according to Scripture, honor and respect them regardless of who they are, and I'm going to just leave it at that because that's what the Bible says, okay? All right, nobody's throwing anything at me, so let's open with prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain. For Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Okay, if you got Bibles with you, open up to Daniel chapter 5. That's what we're going to get in today. Um, but before we get into Daniel chapter 5, um, I do need to uh, explain just a little bit of the history here of Daniel, because otherwise this... This does not make a lot of sense. If you're just kind of reading through your Bible, and all of a sudden you're hearing about King Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, and then you got this guy named Belshazzar. Belshazzar is not the same person as Daniel's Babylonian name. Daniel's Babylonian name is Belteshazzar. Got it? Belteshazzar. Okay? Now, Nebuchadnezzar gave Daniel that name, Bel, uh, from what we understand from history, is another name for Nebuchadnezzar's main god. And his main god was Marduk. Say Marduk, it's just kind of fun to say. Yeah, and then say, he's nothing. There you go, right? Because I don't want you to think we're praying to Marduk, right? Um, so, uh, So Daniel is given a Babylonian name that is basically named after Nebuchadnezzar's main god. But keep in mind, Nebuchadnezzar, was not a monotheist. He was a polytheist. So he worshipped a lot of gods, Marduk, in his opinion, being the strongest of them. And of course, the big question for a lot of the, the critics of Scripture is, did Nebuchadnezzar come to saving faith? And the answer is, it does not appear so, uh, the way that it happens. Only the Lord can could really look into Nebuchadnezzar's heart and know whether faith was there. But time and time again, Nebuchadnezzar keeps rejecting um, and the only thing we're left with at the end of chapter four, and this is kind of where we left off uh, before, okay? Um, and I'm at verse 36. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar now is uh, is punished by God. Um, remember, he spends uh, what is it, 12 months walking around like a wild beast, and we talked about, you know, he's eating grass like a cow and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, God restores Nebuchadnezzar. And at the same time, Nebuchadnezzar writes, Daniel writes, the same same time my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. That doesn't sound like someone of faith, right? Because it's my kingdom, my splendor, my majesty, as opposed to whose kingdom? The one true God, right? And whose kingdom do you live in? Oh, take that, you election schmucks. Seriously, you live in God's kingdom, and he yet reigns over, over all, okay? So it's not, it's not your kingdom, um, and in some respects, you know, uh, you know, we say our country, you know, my country, tis of thee, yes, this is my earthly citizenship, but above this kingdom yet reigns one who is more powerful, and, and, and there is a kingdom yet more my citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven, And so read through that of Scripture as well, okay? Now he goes on from there. My counselors, my Lord, sought me. I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. (laughs) He doesn't start off very humble. (laughs) And he talks about those who are humble. So with Nebuchadnezzar, we get this, you know, God keeps coming back to him, but it just doesn't seem like, like Nebuchadnezzar really gets it, okay? And so we, we just we just leave that in God's hands. Now, the reason we're doing this walk through history, 605, and I'm sorry, my, my marker is running out of ink here, so I'm just going to tell you. 605 was when Nebuchadnezzar now conquered Jerusalem, and that's when Daniel now, along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were brought to Babylon, okay? Okay. Um, Nebuchadnezzar lived until 562. So Daniel served as a wise man um, and then as a counselor to the king um, from 605 until about 538. Okay, so Daniel was in Babylon that whole time. But this is where the switch happens in Daniel chapter 4 to Daniel chapter 5. So in Daniel chapter 5, all of a sudden, we fast forward Nebuchadnezzar. He gone, he dead, okay? And then you've got all these other kings, and we uncovered some, some really interesting archaeology back in the late 1800s that helped piece some of this together, okay? Um, and so I'm just going to kind of walk you through this. Some of you that are history buffs can go through and look it up. From 562 to 560, Amel Marduk ruled Babylon after Nebuchadnezzar. And then from 560 to 556, there was Neraglazer. And 550, 5.56, just that one year, was Labash Marduk. And then from 5.56 to 5.39, which is where we pick up now in Daniel chapter 5, okay? So now we're basically going from somewhere around here, uh, fast forward about 20-some years, is where chapter 5 picks up. We have uh, Nobunadus and his son Belshazzar, okay? Again, that's not Daniel, that's not Belteshazzar, this is the uh, son of Nabinidus. Now, when it says King Belshazzar, what we understand is that he was kind of co-regent because Nabinidus was dealing with the Persians who were now in the process of evading, invading Babylon. Okay? And uh, King Cyrus, actually, uh, Persian, um, is the one who invaded Babylon. Um, and there's actually some interesting, if you like, military strategy he diverted some water uh, on the river to enable his troops to come in. And, and basically, Babylon surrendered without a fight. <laughs> so it's a really interesting piece of, of military strategery. Is that the right word? Strategics? You military people? Um, so, so they end up uh, you know, conquering that. Um, and then, of course, Cyrus allows uh, Daniel and all the rest of God's people to return back to Jerusalem and also help support the rebuilding of the temple, okay? So I'm just giving you a little bit of the piece of Daniel itself, the right, the book itself, 605, to write about 538, okay? But we're picking up in chapter 5 here with Belshazzar, um, who is the co-regent, kind of the, not the co-king per se, but he's serving as the king while Nebidus is away, got it? And that's where we pick up on chapter 5, and uh, we're going to spend today going through chapter 5, and then chapter 6, if you've read ahead, is Daniel in the lion's den, okay? Um, and that happens actually once the Persians are already there, which a lot of people don't realize. So let's, let's just read through chapter 5 here real quick, uh, because this, this is kind of, um, I think it's kind of fitting and apropos. Because when the Most High God, the one true God, is rejected and is, ha, 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 Ignored, um, God will act, and even still today. okay? Uh, God, God yet works you know through His word. And so let's just dive into this and you're going to see what's happening here. Get it up on the screen, just follow along here. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. So we've we've got a party here. Don't know if this was a Super Bowl party or what this was. This was a big feast, uh, a big bash. Maybe they all went pheasant hunting first. I got a few guys I hunt with after the hunt's over, it seems like. uh, Anyway, I'm not going to say any more because they might be watching. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver... That Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem, be brought. Okay. Now, technically, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't his father. The word here that we have uh, in Aramaic uh, can also uh, mean uh, predecessor. Okay. So he's serving in the line of the king itself. There's actually a coup that takes place within Babylon, and I'm not going to go into all that details. But if you're a history buff, there's some interesting history. Uh, obviously, the throne went through a lot of changes. You know, so Babylon, during Nebuchadnezzar's time, was really strong and powerful. Okay? Um, and the Lord, we're told, even gave that to Nebuchadnezzar and allowed for it. Um, and then, then we've got a quick succession of four or five different guys and nations in turmoil. Uh, and we're going to hear what uh, you know, God has to say about that as well. Okay? So, uh, so we've got these vessels of gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar's father had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, so obviously Nebuchadnezzar, even though he had had sacked Jerusalem, he recognized that the stuff that was in the temple was special, and so it doesn't seem like those vessels of gold and silver that were used. Um, and if you're you're unsure about this whole vessel thing, you know, uh, come join us on Wednesday morning, or reread the book of Leviticus, or read it for the first time, uh, where we hear about the whole purpose of the sacrificial system that God had made. And there was now uh, an eating um, of the sacrifices accordingly as God has given for the priests uh, and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, And so these are the vessels now that they had captured. Um, So he brought them that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. First question for you, that last sentence, the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Does that sound familiar from the book of Daniel? Okay, that was the very first dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and you remember how we talked about uh, you know, one, of the, one of the one of the most common interpretation is that those various parts of that statue represented what different empires or rulers, all the way down to the Romans and that this was showing how God was going to allow his people to be governed not only by different people, but yet God was going to still be head over all of them. Okay? Repeat after me. God is still head over all, regardless of who's elected to president. For some of you, I know there's some that are disappointed. I know there's some of you that are excited. I, you know, God is, is, is still head over all, all kingdoms. So just remind yourself of that, um, and uh, let's move on here. I said I wasn't going to talk about that. right. Immediately, so, so here they are. Let's just get the, close your eyes and get the image of them. So they, they got the, 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 think of the, the chalice, right? We've got some, some very nice pieces we use for communion, and uh, just, just imagine if, if someone came in and took those to a frat party. I mean, how would that make you feel? Would that bother you a little bit? Yeah? Um, or the frat party took place in our sanctuary. How would you feel about that? They're doing keg stands on the baptismal font. Would that bother you? So uh, imagine here of, of what's going on, I mean, just from God's eyes. And now imagine the horror as well. I mean, for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the rest now of, of the, the Hebrews who have been raised with this proper Levitical attitude of the fear and reverence of the Most High God. And it's just complete and utter desecration of all things that are good, right, and salutary. Okay? And, and, and now watch what happens. This, this is great. This little section, chapter 5, often I don't come across it in many Sunday school lessons or Bible studies. This, this to me is a very important piece uh, of Scripture. Here we go. Immediately, the fingers of a human hand appeared. Okay? I mean, this is, this is like right out of Ghostbusters or something, right? I don't know how they would do this with CGI, but you've got fingers, right? It doesn't say the hand itself. It's the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite a lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. Okay? Okay. Now, there's a thousand people here gathered for a party. Most of them are like, man, what did you put in this cup? Who spiked the punch? Okay, and watch what happens. The king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. So third ruler, again, keep in mind, Belshazzar's father was Nabinidus, who was basically away, uh, trying to protect against the Persians. So Belshazzar, this guy right here, is now second in command, And now whoever's going to interpret the dream is going to be the third in command. Got it? That's the easiest way to explain it. Okay? Questions? You're just waiting, aren't you? What's going to happen? Okay, here we go. So, uh, he shall be clothed with purple, a chain of gold around his neck shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, right? All the king's horses and all the king's men, but they couldn't put Humpty back together again. They could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. The king, Belshazzar, was greatly alarmed, and his colors changed, and his lords were perplexed. The queen, and this possibly might be Nebuchadnezzar's wife, okay? That's possible, but because of the coup, um, I would doubt that, and this is where you get into some fun little academia with some scholars. So, So regardless... The Queen, because of the words of the King and his Lords, came into the banqueting hall, and the Queen declared, "O King, live forever, Let not your thoughts thoughts alarm you or your color change. There is a man in your kingdom, and whom is the Spirit of the Holy? Plural. Okay? So so we've still got this polytheism, okay. Um, and and I doubt she's a believer because of this, holy gods. In the days of your father, and again, read predecessor here, not just necessarily biological dad, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your predecessor, your predecessor the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers. So one of the fun questions is, uh, because we know that there was a coup, it's doubtful that Daniel would have been included at this time amongst that inner circle of astrologers and all that other stuff. He would have been left alone because there was a respected in the kingdom, and so it doesn't sound like Daniel was at this feast, okay, um, at the time. Or if he was, he didn't speak up just yet. Um, and so just follow a little bit of, of, of what we can piece together from the logic of this. The queen is aware of Daniel, but obviously King Belshazzar is not, which again makes us think that, the, that Belshazzar is not the actual son of Nebuchadnezzar, because then he surely would have known of Daniel, because Daniel was in the king's court all the time. Does that make sense? So so now we're like, okay, um, father is just predecessor uh, and, and, you know, they, he's got his kind of own advisors around him and Daniel's off, you know, taking care of some sheep or goats or whatever, you know, Daniel's doing, semi-retired maybe. I mean, because Daniel serves still in some respects, but, again, the province of Babylon pretty big. Okay, let, let's get back to it. Any questions? Okay, you, you still want to see what happens, don't you? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, the king, again, as your father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers. Verse 12, because an, because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Okay, now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. So, obviously, this queen, whether she's the wife of Nabinidus, or whether she's just kind of been kept around, perhaps as a figurehead for the people, okay? And that's why, again, some scholars think this queen is actually the wife of of Nebuchadnezzar, and to keep the people happy after the coup, they just kept her around, okay? But regardless, she knows who Daniel is, Belshazzar does not, okay? Then Daniel was brought in before the king, verse 13. The king answered and said to Daniel, you are that Daniel, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Okay? You know why we use purple uh, during uh, Holy Week? Anybody? Purple for Palm Sunday? Purple's the color of royalty, right? Right? And, and, and so that we, you know, we have these things within the church that, 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 that tell this beautiful story, right? So Jesus now rides into Jerusalem on, on a donkey in a very humble way, okay? People are laying their cloaks on the ground, okay? Um, and of course, uh, Pilate and all the people there in the, uh, the Colosseum mock Jesus. They put purple and a crown of thorns upon his head and beat him and scourge him, Okay? So as you have these other things that are taking place, we see pictures of what is to come, right? So Daniel, in this sense, is a a forerunner, Okay, Uh, is a picture of Christ who is yet to come. He's not Christ, okay? Uh, He's a type of the one true archetype. And that's why in Scripture, remember how how I've tried to teach you, is that when we read and study your Bible, where's Waldo? I don't know, people do where's Waldo books anymore. I need to find some new material. Where's Jesus? How is this Bible passage, what is it teaching me to help me find and understand who Jesus is? Because all Scripture testifies to Jesus. And if you're opening your Bible... To find something other than Jesus, I would simply say good luck. You're probably going to end up in all sorts of crazy places, which is why we have Christian churches, so-called Christian churches today, that believe and practice some really wacky things. Because when you fail to understand where Jesus is, <laughs> okay, you you end up in some really goofy places. Okay, so this is what's going to happen to the guy that can uh, interpret the dream. He's going to be clothed with purple, um, and he's going to be a third ruler in the kingdom. There's a few other places I could go to make a, this a little bit of a stretch, but I won't. I would just let you make some connections from Scripture itself, okay? Uh, verse 17, then Daniel answered and said before the king, <laughs> just a, Daniel, this guy, let your gifts be for yourself <laughs> and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, so first of all, the way Daniel addresses uh, Belshazzar is a little different than the way Daniel has addressed Nebuchadnezzar in the past. So that's why, again, it sounds like this guy Belshazzar, he's been a naughty boy. And obviously, we see what he just did with the vessels. Okay. So Daniel doesn't have this highfalutin, oh, king of, of, of the world, and, and you have all this great flowery language, which is what he did with Nebuchadnezzar as an earthly ruler. Okay. He obviously still respects him. Uh, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your words to another. You know, he he kind of just, you sense a little tone in his voice. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O King, the Most High God, gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. So the first thing that Daniel says is what? Everything that Nebuchadnezzar had was given to him by who? God. Didn't take it for himself. Okay? God gave it to him. Okay? Now, think about that and all the stuff you own. Think of the stuff that is most precious to you. And I always like to ask people if there was a fire in your house, what would you grab? Now, the answer is just get out of the house, Mr. Fireman. Am I right? (laughs) You know, this is like being broadcast over the airwaves, right? (sighs) Get your guns. Yeah, what's most important to you? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, just answer that for yourself. You know, I mean what 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 what's what's most important to you, you know? And if you're a parent, I think probably the first thing you should say would be your children. Make sure your children are out of the house. Okay. Um, and so uh it's always interesting to see, you know, the value we put on things of this life. And then the second thing that's fun to look at is how we view those things, you know. I earned that. I made that. And we use that word I a lot. And and a great little kind of examination question is, (laughs) did God give it to you? Allow you to make it? Allow you to earn it? Where's God's role in all these things? And so to be a Christian steward of God's gift is is to recognize, yes, the Lord works through means, but ultimately all that I have is from him. Okay? Okay and and even my children, gifts from God, okay? And I am but a steward to raise them and care for them until their life comes to an end, okay? Um, all your days, all the days of, of all people are written in God's book. Uh, he knows the plans that he has for us. Uh, and those who are his sheep, his children, no one can snatch them out of his hand. And so we always come back in faith to the great wonderful promises that God gives, both in life and in death, and even about the stuff of this life, okay? Um, So, O King, the Most Most High God, gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingship, greatness, glory, and majesty. 19. Because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. Who did that? God did. Okay? And so why does God allow some things to happen to us? I mean, who can know the mind of God, but what do we see in Scripture? That God wants to bring about humility and repentance. So, some things come upon us, whether we want to admit it or not, perhaps because we deserve it. And that's kind of a big, sticky, wicked question. And let's not talk anymore about last week. Let's move on. He was driven from among the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast. And his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. Now, no doubt, the year that Nebuchadnezzar was eating grass like a cow, like a donkey, that was well known to the people of Babylon. I'm sure that was a story that circulated. They didn't have Twitter and Instagram back then, folks, or Facebook but I guarantee you everybody knew what the old king, he gone mad, okay? But then God restored him, okay? Brought him back. And again, Nebuchadnezzar ruled, that's a long time with everything that's going on here in the history uh, of of civilization and and this part of the the cradle, okay? All right, questions? Okay, let's move on here. See where Daniel goes with this. And you, his son... Well, let me go back here. Uh, do until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdoms of mankind and sets over it whom he will. So let's read that last passage together. Ready? Starting at the Most High God. The Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. That's called a pregnant pause. They taught me that in speech class. It's where you don't say anything. You just let it kind of sit in, sink in. 22. And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart. Here comes Pastor Daniel, confronting him with the law of God, showing his sin, which should always be done. Why? If your brother sins against you, go and show your brother his fault. And if he repents, great sermon this morning, by the way. Forgiven. Forgiven and be done with it. Don't bring it back up. Restoration, healing. And you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this, but you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. And here we go. You ready? And the vessels of his house have been brought in before you. Those things that were consecrated and set aside for service to the one true Most High God. You want to know why we don't do all sorts of crazy stuff in our sanctuary? You know why we don't have men's steak night in the sanctuary? I mean, we could. I'm not saying we couldn't. But one of the reasons that we, we, that place is, is special to us, because it's been set aside, Right? And I would say that pales in comparison, of course, to the temple back then at that time, but still, it's a place of reverence and peace. We act differently, and we teach our children to act differently, okay? Because God is here, <laughs> and when you're in the presence of the Most High God, how do you act? How should you act when he's here in this way, and he comes in his word and sacrament? Just something to think about, okay? I mean, you know, when, when I talk with people, I mean, I went through the whole contemporary worship and the church has got to reach the younger generation and (laughs) don't get me started on the younger generation but you guys can do it those of you that are still in here you can do it but it comes by faith it comes by the word of god you stick with that um yeah it's all it's it's god is real (laughs) i had a talk this week with a, a young man on hunting trip who was raised baptized christian and, and now has uh, rejected all that. There's no God. I don't believe there's a God. I don't need to believe in that. History, somebody made all that up. I'll believe only what I can see, and what I can experience. Go down that line of reasoning. And, and I just, I was only involved in just a short portion of the conversation, but I just went away feeling so sad. Just so sad, right? Okay, the vessels of his house have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, right? Made the objects, now deified the objects, that's idolatry, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which of course, if you understand the dream, represents the kingdoms. So who now is being worshipped? Not just the objects, okay? But what or who the objects represent, don't worship the president, whoever he or she is. Don't worship the country. You got it? Worship the one true God. Give honor and respect where honor and respect is due. But, but worship is reserved for God alone, the one true God. Okay. Um, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. They're inanimate objects. <laughs> but the God, and that should make you think of the, ca- the, the golden calf, Right, so the presence of God descends upon the most holy mountain of Sinai. I mean, it's shock and awe. You know, they probably all peed their pants at the same time. The, the God descends upon it, much more so than just the fingers writing here on the plaster wall, right? And Moses is on the mountain for 40 days receiving instruction from God, right? Which resulted in the, the holy ten commands, the ten commandments. And he comes down, and and what has Aaron allowed? What have the people done? They melted down all their you know, belly button rings and their nipple rings and their earrings and their gold chains and their watches, and they made a golden calf, and they bowed down and worshiped that after the God who's up on the mountain just rescued them from slavery in Egypt. You want to talk about what we as sinners do? Let's admit it. We, we and all of us as sinners, we've, we were... We're sinful, fallen short of the glory of God, and that's where the sinner in you is always going to turn away from where God promises to be, okay? So, Daniel is now uh, confronting uh, him with this, okay? Um, These gods do not see, hear, or know, but the God in whose hand is your breath, in in, in his hand is your breath, (laughs) okay? Okay? So, so God holds all life in, in his hand, okay? And whose are all your ways you have not honored. Then from his presence the hand was sent. So from the presence of God, and remember the presence of God also came down through the temple. Remember how the fire was lit, Leviticus people, for the bronze altar, fire came forth from the presence of God, the mercy seat, and lit the fire. And that was a holy fire. Which is why Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, (laughs) God went, Shazam, sergeant, and smoke them because they took their Bic lighter and their little butane torch and tried to light fire on their own. Okay, So God's presence is a big deal. Then from his presence, the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Many, many, tekel, and parson. And this is the interpretation of the matter. Many. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Say, wow, <laughs> which pretty much means, uh, Belshazzar, you're gone, right? Your, your kingdom has come to an end, okay? Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. This is like the scales, okay? So let's see where you're at, Belshazzar, right? Now, keep in mind, you and I, there will be a judgment day, by the way. So every person will be weighed, Okay? Uh, guess who's there on the scale with you to make sure you weigh enough? Because you don't weigh enough on your own. Jesus, right, stands for you. Matter of fact, Jesus kicks you off the scales. <laughs> Boof! <laughs> Says, "Hey, I'm going to take your place on the scales, okay? Uh, so that everything can be balanced here by God, because you can't, you can't do it, okay? Um, yeah, he definitely kicks us off. I had to be careful there with that one. I almost went too far, Pastor Omen." Okay. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perish your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So this is what, this is what's going to come. Now the Medes and Persians, going back to that very first dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so then Belshazzar gave the command, even though Daniel said he didn't want any of this. And Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him that he should be now the third ruler in the kingdom okay that very night Belshazzar the Chaldean king was killed don't know how scripture doesn't give us details okay matter of fact prior to I think it was 1860 um, a lot of the critics of the bible basically said chapter 5 was completely fictional until they found a reference archaeologically to Nebonadidus just say that name real fast, okay? Till they found a reference to him, uh, historically speaking. It was kind of fascinating, okay? And it's like, well, maybe we need to rethink chapter 5, okay? Uh, which tells me, hey, that's all the more reason to study it if people are going to say it's not true, okay? Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. So Darius now, we don't know a lot about Darius. Um, some people think that uh, Darius uh, is, uh, is uh, the name given for Cyrus, Okay, um, who ends up conquering? So there's some interesting history with that. Darius is mentioned a few times in Daniel. Nowhere else in Scripture and nowhere else uh, actually in history do we have Darius being mentioned. Um, but we do have Cyrus. Okay, um, and uh, and so Darius now will take over, um, and that will usher in now the reign of the Persians in Babylon. Okay, and it is Cyrus now uh, who will allow Daniel. Uh, and all them to go back to the temple. But we're not there yet. Darius takes over. Perhaps he's a general if he's not Cyrus himself, and we're going to hear a little bit more of the story of what happens to Daniel while he is still in Babylon, and that's what we're going to get into next week, which is Daniel and the lion's den, okay? Um, and then a little later on in Daniel, uh, really, uh, you know, chapter 7, 8, 9, um, go backwards just a little bit to uh, uh, to take a peek into it uh, of Daniel's life and, and his uh, his stuff. Okay. I've got five minutes. I don't want to jump into chapter six right now. Any questions, comments on what you've heard today? Do you think this relates to where we find ourselves? Is it helpful for you? If so, How? Yes, Mr. Long. God's still in charge. Yeah, and He always has been. Actually, <laughs> I mean, there's never a time that He hasn't been. Okay, and, and again, I think that's where you know, when when big changes come, um, you know, whether it's just with, I mean, this past year, we 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 all, it's been a, it's been just a crazy, strange, weird year for so many reasons um and and covid and the election uh and all this stuff but the one thing that's never changed of course is who god is nor his love for you and jesus christ um and uh you know so uh you know when you study history you see you know i i keep coming back when when i think times are really bad a lot of times i'll just go back you know i'll pull some of my coursework out from my shelf and and thumb through some of it and i was like wow times are really bad back in 1822, you know, or <laughs> 538. <laughs> you know, I was like, these people went through a lot. I'm not going through that much now. So maybe I need to shut my mouth and stop complaining so much. Uh, but the Lord was still at work through all those times as well, right? You know, and it's fun talking with, uh, you know, I, I, I've so enjoyed over the years meeting with uh, some of our older members of church, you know, listening to stories of, of people that lived through the Great Depression and the dust bowl, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and the world wars, and and all those things, and I think that's why it's important to sit at the feet of our elders, of those that are older with us, um, and let them tell their stories, and if, you know, one thing us young folks sometimes accuse the older folks is, all they want to do is sit around and talk. (laughs) You know what? That's a good thing. I mean, I learned that again this week on a hunting trip because we've got some, some older guys we hunt with, and I'm not sure how much longer they're going to be able to walk the fields, but, man, I had a blast just sitting around and listening to some of the stories um, and uh, all sorts of things, you know, that sort of thing. And in our digital age where everything is just with our heads down on our phone and our devices, you know, there's something. You can still be safe and sit six, eight feet apart and put a mask on. Just sit and talk and, and listen um and uh, and what great lessons to be learned about and, and to hear how god has acted and worked as christians in our various lives that's good stuff okay two minutes anything else actually i'm going to end on time today see i came back refreshed and recharged aren't you happy any other comments or questions on daniel or otherwise good good will the lord be with you this week as he will be let's stand and close with lord's prayer and you guys have been trained well by some pastors the lord be with us like it lord remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us